Grandpa's come. Grandpa's take away. <laughs> You're listening to We Die First, a podcast for black horror fans by black horror fans. Fuck it. Spooky Squad. <laughs> I was going to do like a, a like an opening and I was like, mm, I don't care. I could see the gears turning, but you're like, no, nah, let's just go into it. Let's just go into it raw and uncut. <laughs> Mm, the it's Sinique story. Time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Raw and uncut, the Sinique Smythe story. <laughs> Dude, that, that's a Netflix stand-up special if ever there was one. It is. Listen, if Sarah Cooper can get a special. Okay, <laughs> let me stop. I'm, see, I'm being sort of a bitch today. I need to stop. I'm being awful. No, this is good content for me. I can only hope that I make enemies with like Sarah Cooper and then I like have to see her on the red carpet one day and then we just have to be like mm, sarah and she's like mm, sneak and we pass <laughs> <laughs> i want to throw this out into the world i want that that moment to happen specifically it happens Not- and like chris evans sees it and he's just like fuck that was like intense but like hot and i'm like i know <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> how are you sneak <laughs> I am unhinged. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I'm unhinged and living my best life. Honestly, I think our best our best episodes are when I'm having a very negative negative mindset. <laughs> I just come in just like fuck it. I'm so sick. Yes, a lot of our reviews <laughs> when we have like a string of really good episodes in a row are just people going, "Are you, is Sonic okay?" <laughs> But also, I hope she never gets better because the content is really good. They're like, people just start cyberbullying me in the hopes that It's that double-edged sword. Like, cyberbullying is bad, but I really want this podcast to flourish. Yeah. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm great. Um, I got – I tried my hand at making a satire article – for the first time like not uh not like an onion news and brief style an actual Mm -hmm. just random thing and i entered it in mcsweeney's and got rejected (laughs) but then okay uh, first off the way you said it i thought you were like and i got accepted i was like oh fuck like ring the alarm but also like hey they read it (laughs) that's true (laughs) but i did i did change it a little bit and then submit it to points in case and they liked it and they put it out. They actually put it out two weeks ago, but it went to my spam filter saying that they published it. So oh, fuck. then I was going through my spam filter and I'm like, oh, shit. So I was like, hey, you check, out this share thing. It. check out this thing I wrote. Two Did you share ago. it? Yeah. Where'd you share it? Uh, Twitter, Facebook. How did I not see this? I'll look mm. for it. I'll take for it. That's yeah. great. You should submit to um, Slackjaw. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting about Slackjaw. Because they pay. I don't know if this place pays too, but Slackjaw pays. Nice. They submitted a Slackjaw in the summer and they said like, yeah, your piece doesn't really fit the tone of our publication. And I was like... What does that mean? Okay, eat my ass. (laughs) 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 What responded, eat my ass. (laughs) And you know, good on them. They sent someone the next day. (laughs) It was really quick. It was like next day shipping. (laughs) 
Dude, you know, that's but cool. that's good. Yeah. For you. you know, if you want to read it, this is a really lame segue because it's just what we're talking about. But if you want to read it, you can go to my Twitter at Andrew <laughs> underscore on underscore drums. You know, who's equally as funny, if not funnier than me, Sneak, where can we find your tweets? Uh, I'm definitely just like equally funny. I'm not I'm not funnier than you. Oh, thank you. Um, you can find me at say underscore anything. That's S-E-Y underscore anything. I just posted a new video, which I don't like, but it's being received kind of positively. So I'm like, okay. That's half the battle is I'm a big fan of things that you personally don't. It, it's not, you're not super stoked on it, but it's being well received. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think, well, I, what I did, it's not the most polished thing, but I posted it because I was like, well, I worked on this, so fuck it, I'm just going to post it. <laughs> and I'm trying to ha- take that approach more in the future of like not obsessing over it being perfect. And it's like, you know what, just make stuff and then post it. But I want that, I think I'm going to keep doing dramatic readings of tweets. It was fun. Oh, nice. Like, I like it. There's so much content because it's Twitter. I don't have to write anything. It's just me reading it. So That's and half if people the can get Netflix specials from lip syncing Donald Trump, then I guess I'll steal other people's. Let <laughs> <Sing> me stop. <laughs> Seriously, man. Like, I'm actively just trying the, to make enemies the worst with, thing with Sarah Cooper. I'm is... sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, please always attack Sarah Cooper. <laughs> The biggest thing not yes. to do in the arts is something I do too much all of the time is seeing someone do something poorly, but they're famous for it. And you're like, man, I, I'm i objectively as good and better than that. Why am I not famous? And you're just like, eh, fuck it. If you can lip sync and get on Netflix, I'm not necessarily happy for you, but dope. Cool. Yeah, it isn't. It's kind of like uh, I don't I think want to shit important. on you being in the right place. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that, and I think also just um, the way I see people like uh, um, Madame Cooper is to just like people. Quite someone likes it just because I don't like it doesn't mean that it's not of value because it's resonating with someone. Did you see? I saw this tweet today. <laughs> Where this guy was like actively shitting on her, but like her, her fans didn't catch the joke. So they were like, oh my God, congratulations to Sarah. Did you see? I don't know who it was. He like, um, he, did, he like did a Photoshop of like some Ben and Jerry's flavor and it's, um, punchline limited edition, limited edition is the name of the ice cream. And he like changed it like Sarah Cooper's punchlines, like limited edition or something like that. Like, Implying that she's big jokes, and that was the bit. And he he like added her. It's like, oh, congratulations on your partnership with. Is <laughs> all of these fucking fans of Sarah Cooper like, yeah, like we're so happy for you, Sarah. Like, not completely not gonna be shitting on her. It was very right. funny. That is one of my favorite funny. things of things going over <laughs> people's heads and them just yes. loving it, retweeting that shit. You know what also goes over people's head? Uh, Krampus when he's jumping from roof to roof. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It, had you not have done that, I was going to bring up imposter syndrome. And then I was like, you know who's kind of like Santa Claus is an imposter. <laughs> so I'm glad one of us just 
bit the bullet with a shitty transition. Raw and uncut. I already told you. <laughs> We're doing it today. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> Andrew, thank you so much for suggesting this. Um, it was I a good time, right? This movie. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> it's like, I, shockingly so, though, right? It's good. Like, I... You know, I've heard of Krampus. I know I've heard of this movie. I didn't know it was like good. I assumed it was like um like a Jack Frost or something. Like something stu- I was like, oh, it's like a dumb like <laughs> bullshit horror comedy thing. And no, it's like legitimately good. I was actually afraid at certain parts. I was like, oh, right? Shit. Like and, I was but genuinely, you got like, some good laughs. There were some good laughs. I loved it. Like this is um I think I'm going to add this to my like my Christmas lineup, like my movies I like to watch on Christmas because it was like genuinely just a fun I, movie. This um, is this is good for me. I'm so happy. I would have honestly been devastated if you did not like it. I, I could have handled you being indifferent. Would have been devastated if you hated it. I mean, you had me at Tony Collette when we talked about it, <laughs> and I, when Tony Collette's in anything, I'm just like, I'm gonna watch it. Like I love, I love Tony Collette so much. Um, Yes, we covered, we watched, we covered the fuck. The we news. covered, we, we did the whole movie um, remotely. <laughs> We're not just journalists. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Krampus from 2015. Um, it's a Christmas comedy horror film directed by Michael Doherty, starring Adam Scott. Oh my God, who's also, it's another like hot white man. Can we talk? I would let Adam Scott <laughs> you know kiss those me on few. the forehead. I let him kiss me on the forehead. Just love it. I think it'd be cute. Adam Scott, Tony Collette, David Kirshner, Allison Tolman, and a bunch of other people. Um, it's about a family that uh, is kind of falling apart around the Christmas season, and uh, Krampus comes to punish the children and the family. That was a nice little accent. Krampus. <laughs> Using that, oh my, using um, that can, international relations degree. Grumples. Can we? Can I start off by saying that Omi is the villain of this movie? Who? Omi, the grandma. Oh yes, she's the evil one. She's the villain. Do we'll I need to substantiate that argument? <laughs> I thought as you'd we, be on my as side. We go through this. Um, <laughs> I really thought you were gonna be on my side. <laughs> We will we will discuss. We'll discuss. I'm kind of, okay. now that you, I mean now that you we'll get into it. <laughs> we'll get into it. Let's jump into we it. Don't want to give don't want to give away the goat. Get it? Because he's a fucking goat. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> okay. So... God damn it! All right, we start off three days before Christmas. Oh, wait, no, actually, no. We have to talk about this opening. This opening like, scene the credit is phenomenal. Scene. It's so <laughs> it's, good. It's the best, like, what Black, Black Friday used to be with just hordes, like, and it's all slow motion of just, like, people beating the shit out of people to get presents. And, yes. Like, getting tased by mall security. <laughs> getting this person, th- this woman rocks this guy in the face with a skateboard. <laughs> It was so, so good. It was giving me, like, the Zombieland, like, credit sequence. It's just, like, chaos yeah. in slow motion. All set to Bing But Crosby's, in this case, it's, it's Christmas. beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yes, which I feel like is, like... I mean, it sets 
that's a the-, the theme of the movie is like Krampus comes to get you and you forget the, you know, the spirit of the holidays. And that what what better way to describe that than like Black Friday or any like pre-Christmas sale? That is that. <laughs> like that is our um It was so good. Our thesis. It was so good. <laughs> Immediately, like, drew me in. Um, but we we meet this family, the Engels, and they're, like, a wealthy family. Very The house the house they live in looks very home alone, like that, like, house yeah. in Winnetka. Eat the rich. Um, and it's uh, a family of, you know, it's mom, dad, two kids, Max and Beth, and Grandma Omi, who speaks mostly in German. Yeah. I mean, as far as we know, until, you know, we get later in the movie, I love that trope of the the grandparent that only speaks the native language, but everyone can understand it, and then they speak English back, and she understands it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like she just chooses, and, and, and you know, I'm actually happy to see it be a, a white grandparent, because it's always like a Chinese grandma, or like a, 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 a abuela, or somebody, yeah. who like, it, it's never like... A white family and i'm happy it was finally like no just a german speaking old white lady who right just seems to know english but just doesn't like to do it ever i do like they're they throw in one scene where they're like yo adam scott we need you to just memorize two lines in german <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> i feel like you know usually in those in real life the fa- there's a give and take where the the grandparents will try to do some english but then there will be a full-on conversation in the other language, and usually. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Also, I, I'm like, well, this is your mom, so I feel like Adam Scott, I I could believe that the grandkids don't speak to her in German, right? Yeah, I have a hard sense. time believing that you, you, Tom, was raised by a German mother who most certainly spoke German to you. Yeah. Odds are it was your first language, too. But you only speak to her in English. I feel like you would speak to her in German because that's, I think, what most bilingual people do with their their monolingual parents. That's, like, kind of the thing. But, right. you know, whatever. Um, You know, he doesn't care about his culture. He hates his culture. I've decided that. <laughs> He's, like, a self-hating German. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's, you know, it's Christmas. It's a few days before Christmas. And um, the mom, Sarah. So Tom's the dad. Sarah's the mom. Sarah's side of the family is coming to visit. Before we even meet them, it's already, like, set the tone. I, the, Beth mentions, like, she found shit in her bed. Like, it's just, like, this family – this side of the family is, like, it's it's those family members that we all have, like, they the country cousins. They do a really cousins, good job, like. too, just setting this up. Where, you know, it's not that they have to go – they say everything, but they say just enough. So then when you see them, it just really hit, drives home so they don't have to rely too much on doing the showing, not telling. Is the perfect mm-hmm. combination of both. But it yeah, really is. The, the shit extended family. <laughs> exactly. Um, we also find out that Max, the youngest member of the family, is he still believes in Santa. He's writing, he's writing a letter to Santa. Um, and Omi is encouraging this. And she's like, Yeah, she's like, I believe in I believe in Santa Claus. Like, you should write to Santa. So she's encouraging it. And he's just the sweetest little sensitive boy. I love Max. I'm like, right. oh, he's just wonderful. He's a wonderful kid. Right. He's just he he's just trying to carry the Christmas spirit for that entire fucking family. He literally is just like carrying his family on his little back. Like <laughs> <laughs> his just tiny back. 
his tidy, like he's like nine. He's just like really taking on the stress of his entire extended family. And it's it's really sweet, sweet but kind of sad. Um, but Sarah's side of the family does show up for Christmas. It includes Aunt Linda, Uncle Howard, um, Sarah and Linda, Linda's Aunt Dorothy, who's just like, she's just hitting the bottle the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> And Linda and Howard's kids, Howie Jr., Stevie, Jordan, and their baby, and their dog. So they really bring, like, they, they just do. keep coming. The door opens, and they just keep coming. And I was like, how many fucking people are I coming know. to this house? <laughs> and again, like, just setting the tone with they interact so well because, you like, <laughs> Howie, like, Steve, uh, Max is trying so hard to just talk to Howie. He's like, so what do you ask Santa for? video games and he's just staring at him like glazed over and dopey <laughs> and then the the tomboy characters of the sisters just being all like roughhousing and shit and then the uh uncle howie just be you know like the toxic hyper masculinity bullshit going on i mean like, which oh. is just pretty much um like david kushner's <laughs> yeah. like thing that's just like his he's characters. just what is the guy's yeah. name from the office I don't watch The Office. Oh, well, he's just like a less pervy version of him. Like, it's, oh. it's the same person. <laughs> but, and, you know, and then, yeah, when the aunt comes in, Dorothy, you know, she goes, like, what the hell? Like, Linda, why did you bring her? You like, you could have just left her at home, like, alone. <laughs> you know, it's just like, we get, like, just really hitting home. Like, this is how deeply we don't like our family. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, also, just like, the, the existing tension, like, you immediately get it between Sarah and Linda. Like, Sarah's the one who, like, I, okay, my, my backstory, she grew up with these people also kind of, like, you know, down home, salt of the earth types of people. Sarah got out of her family, maybe got out of her small town, went to college, married well, living a very nice life. Linda didn't. You know, the tension of like, oh, my perfect sister who has this like really nice life and my other sister who's not really, you know, doing great. So it's 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 a great like it's a great introduction of character. I think that they do an excellent job introducing all these people. And we're like, OK, cool. Very, established very dynamics so. of these fa- this family. And I care about them. I'm like, I immediately like, OK, I'm invested. I like these people. Right. I want to know about them and what's going to happen to them. Right. So That's like this movie, the content and everything's great, but it's just it's very well written. Yeah, it's extremely well written. Um, so they all get together to have dinner. And I was surprised. So Sarah makes a massive dinner. And I'm like, this, I, I didn't know, realize it was a few days before Christmas. Like, I think I might have looked away when we saw uh, Max's advent calendar. Yeah. But I was like, wait, is this Christmas now? Like, what is this? And then to find out that it's not, and I'm like, this is, you did all of this. Yeah. <laughs> not Christmas. Like, <laughs> bitch. I know, I know. Okay, Miss Perfect. I was Linda. I would hate her too. I'm like, damn, bitch, like you did a lot. <laughs> like, but they're having dinner, and um, Sarah's being, you know, harassed by her family because oh, she's all this fancy shit. Like, da da da. It's a nice little. I love the back and forth between her and her sister about like, oh, well, you know, I thought you wanted something different than like the hot dogs and mac and cheese yeah. type of thing. And it's like, ooh, yes, barbs, love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just everyone's being so snippy, and then finally, um, like Sarah leaves. It's like, I'll go get dessert. You know, that was the final straw. And we got yeah. a nice little scene of 
Aunt Dorothy going in there. And then it was a nice humanizing moment to show, you know, it's like, even though we clearly don't get along, it's like, I deep down respect you because she's just like, if you, it's like, for your sake, get the fuck out of my kitchen. And she's like, okay, she leaves. And we mm-hmm. get the nice scene of the girls. <laughs> um, they had stole Max's letter to Santa and they just start reading it out loud. And it's all this really nice heartfelt things, you know. It's so and, sweet. And it's great because this letter is like huge for the plot. And then it also just helped really drive home all of the things. Like I wish like my, my dad just has to travel so much for work. And I just wish my parents are happier. I think they just miss each other. And I wish, you know, things were easier for Uncle, you know, Howard and Aunt Linda. I know things aren't going, like, super easy for them. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Oh, know, and also, like, I wish that uh, me and Beth hung out, like, how we used to. It's yeah. it's like a, it's a wonderful, like... I was the youngest kid in my family, too. And I really related to that. So it's like, you know, like, you're a little kid and, like, you're watching all of this happening. And everyone – I think people as adults assume that you don't get it. But, like, you get it and you see it. And it's, like, at the heart of – at the core of it all, you're just like, I just want us all to get along. It's just, like, it's very right. sweet and, like, oh, Someone hug Max. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then he, you know, rightfully – so Max gets fucking fed up and he's like, I hate you all. And he runs upstairs and Adam Scott, I love that he is like, he is, I, I don't think Adam Scott's a character actor, but I do like that all of his characters have the, if they're in similar enough veins, they all have just that Adam Scott quality of, you know, because I love Parks and Rec. So he's out yeah. there just trying to talk to his kid and be a good dad. And he's like, you know. Max is saying, why do we have to hang out with our family? Like, we have nothing in common. We realistically don't like them. We just share DNA. It's like, well, you know, that kind of forces us to become closer because we have to find the things in common to get along. And then he goes, do you believe that? And he's like, you got me. I hope so. (laughs) It's just like a very Adam Scott character thing to say, like, I guess. (laughs) But I like that because I think it humanizes him so much i think i think other writers would do the corny thing of like you know yeah we gotta stick together as a family and like just be really like kind of norman rockwell and instead it's kind of just acknowledging like yeah it's it is weird familial obligations are totally fucking weird but we just kind of do it because i guess we have to i actually had a similar outburst as max once when i was a kid (laughs) okay this is why sonic is just sonic is max this is why she's I am this. such a little Max. Like, this is like, I think that's why I love this movie so much. I was like, oh, Max, I get it, boy. Like, <laughs> let's talk. Um, so similarly, one, this was not the holidays, but it was summer. And um, one summer we had a bunch of family come visit. It was my cousins from Minnesota as well as my cousins from Ohio. Cousins from Ohio are three cousins. And then cousins from uh, Minnesota, would it have been? Were four. So seven people came and then at my house already, we already had a very big house. I lived with my extended family. So it was like me, my mom, my dad, um, my my grandmother, my sister, my cousin, and my aunt. So it was a lot of people just in this very small townhouse. And I was very um, – I would say I've always been very introverted. So people being – too many people being around me overwhelms me and I think I get very like I need my space. And even then I was – I had to be like seven like, I was very much like, I need my time alone. Like, I need to just sit in my corner, read a book. Like, I don't want to, t- I don't play with anyone right now. 
So my cousins were all over and I think we were playing some game and I think I told them to shut up, but I didn't say it like, I didn't actually mean it. I said it more in a teasing kind of a way, like, oh, shut up, like that. Mm. And she told on me. So then I got reprimanded and I was like, fine. And then it happens again. I think I just slipped up. I just would say shut up a lot. I didn't like think about it. So she told on me again. So I went upstairs. I I got yiked. My mom like like kind of chastised me in front of everybody. And I was really upset. So I like flipped out. I'll never forget this. We're in the dining room. And I like slammed my hands in the dining room. I was like, I hate when these people are here. I just like fucking flipped out. (laughs) (laughs) And I got in trouble. But my mom came over to talk to me, and after I would said that, like, I hate you. I was like, she's like, I understand. Like, I hate that they're all here, too. But, like, you can't do that. Like, you can't behave that way. Like, it's rude. Like, you're being mean. Like, I had to apologize to everyone. But it was a similar mode of, like, yeah, no, I get it. Like, <laughs> you're annoyed. I'm also annoyed. That's but you can't be amazing. a dick. <laughs> yeah. So, mm, yeah, I'm a Max son Aww. for sure. Um, yeah. So, um he has max has his his christmas letter and for a moment we think okay he's gonna put in the envelope and he's gonna maybe try again to send this to santa well did you notice that he licks the envelope to seal it before even putting the letter in it i'm like this guy's a psychopath no i didn't catch that that stuck out to me because i thought it was so silly that's weird i mean he's a child he doesn't understand how mail works yeah he he's already just fucking he hates his family he's flustered (laughs) Doesn't you know, know kids, like, envelope. kids, they're already sticky anyway. Everything's sticky, so it's like, doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> everything's gross. sticky, the Sonique Smythe parenting method. <laughs> oh, and I'm just like, my arms up, just like, what can you do? Everything's sticky. Um, so, but he gets fed up and he's like, no, fuck this. He rips up his, his letter. And he throws it. And (laughs) interestingly enough, he goes out the window. He doesn't like just throw it away. He's dramatic. He's a theater kid. Because we did. It uh, it opens with him in a recital. (laughs) See, it opens the window, like rips it up, throws it out the window as it flies away. You all can't see this, but Sonic is doing (laughs) so many gestures. Like that is how (laughs) Max. I rid myself of the Santa letter. He's like, I can't do this anymore. I hate that he throws it and he just watches it. I like that's when he would have like if he was it was a Disney movie he'd be singing and he'd watch it. Oh yeah, it'd be like um, when Belle sings that stupid song on the hill. <laughs> um, so <laughs> he throws it up. He throws it out. But then later that night, a, a blizzard a comes surprise in and rolls. Blizzard. A, a surprise blizzard, and there is like roll power outage, whole town. And um, the next morning, it's freezing. And they're like, what are we going to do? Like, there's no power. There's no heat. Like, and we're stuck in this house of people. And as this is happening, and this is this is where my argument begins, Omi keeps making these ominous looks where she's like, Ooh. like Omi knows something is happening. <laughs> and I argue that Omi is, is, is the, is the um, villain because she knows shit and is not saying anything Okay. For way too long. I'm like, open your I, fucking mouth, Grandma. <laughs> yes. When I have watched this, I do think of how... I'm not saying the end result would have been terribly different, mm-hmm. but it would have been drastically different leading up to it. If not yes. changed completely. They're both possibilities, but, you know, it's like like Beth wouldn't... We'll get to it, but, like, Beth wouldn't have left because they'd be like, you can't leave. 
Yeah, she's like, oh, don't go out. But no, she just sits around look in the fire, stoking the flames and then looking, literally stoking the flames because she's a shit stirrer because she's stoking the flames <laughs> of the story and looking at them like, oh, like, bitch, open your fucking mouth. Dude. God damn it, Obi. <laughs> but um, the next morning, Beth has a little boyfriend. And she's like, can I just go over to check on him? I'm like, what girl? To check on him and do what? You were 15. But dude, no, that was like a real... I thought that, you know, that was damn believable. Because it was accurate. If though, I was yeah. like, it's like, he lives just four four blocks away. But it's not like city blocks, you know, like. Yeah. It's it was like, he lives like four blocks away. Can I go check in on him? And I would, I personally would have been like, no. It's just like fucking hang here. It's like, but he hasn't, te- I texted him nine times and he hasn't texted back. I'm like, I don't. Maybe his, his family's not that rich, you know? Maybe, maybe their I cell was, phones. I was going to be like, uh, Beth, power outage, his phone died. He cannot charge it. That's why he's not texting you, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you, you, you're thinking about this with 15 year old brain, and I'm gonna just stop it right there. I'm an adult, and I'm gonna explain to you how these things work. Yeah, but they tell her like, fine, okay, you can go one hour, go come back. So Beth goes out. Oh, this part was the the first bit that started to like freak me out because she gets. We first get our glimpse of cramp of Krampus. And he's, like, on the fucking, like, roof. Like, it's looming behind her like sp- in this blizzard. Spider-Man so leaping. And Spider-Man leaping from roof to roof. And I was like, what the but, fuck is this? Beth, you're, you're like, Beth. And, you know, call me old-fashioned, but if I'm on... Because, you know... The, the, and, you know, the timing could have been off. Because it's not like we had a hard set, like... They left... But the my thought was, you know, because... They wake up, so it's clearly morning, and then Beth very soon after is like, hey, I'm going to go check on him. So I assume she left like morning midday, and it was snowy and blizzarding, but bright, and then all of a sudden it turns dark. I'm like, my ass is going back home. I'd, uh, I've played enough video games to know when it starts getting dark, I don't want to keep going forward. <laughs> so, I mean, this is true. Beth, but you know, Beth is digmatized. She's looking for her boyfriend. <laughs> So she's she gonna keep walking in that snow. She don't give it. She don't give a damn. She's fucking but those party out shots here. Are nice. You're right. Because he was all shadowy. You're like, I know what you are, but like, what are you? Because I can't yeah, really see. And, yeah, and he's like jumping from roof to roof. She finally uh, manages to hide beneath the delivery truck. Before that, we see the delivery man had shown up earlier, the DHL guy, and he's like frozen to death in his truck. And I was like, oh, fuck. This is like some day after tomorrow type shit. Like, this is climate change. This is really an allegory for climate change. (laughs) I was like, oh, shit, they freeze instantly. So then she's hiding underneath the delivery truck. And there's a jack in the box that the creature, Krampus, has left her. And it attacks her. And she gets dragged away. And I genuinely was, like, freaking out. Because, like, oh, my God, did she die? Like, I was like, is she dead? Like, I can't. I can't. Like, Beth, no. Oh, because we had some character development and we cared about her. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, no. (laughs) But, like, Max wanted to hang out with her. I literally said, Max wants to hang out with her. Like, no. (laughs) I love that you filter everything that will happen through this through the lens of Max. It wasn't just like, oh, I cared about Beth. But it's like, but Max cared about Beth. (laughs) Because I am Max. You see, <laughs> Beth is my sister. <laughs> like, she um, is my sister. She is my that sister. Is my sister, <laughs> Beth. <laughs> um, so, 
that doesn't show up. And now the family is getting worried. So Tom and Howard are like, okay, we're going to go out and find her. Like, this is, like, not okay. And um, <laughs> I guess thankfully for them, though, because Howard was introduced as, like, a gun-loving, gun-toting man. And it's like, that. Ah, Good to have one of the family sometimes because it's like he's locked and loaded and ready to go. So. And I do like because they, they did the kind of so Howard and Tom don't get along because he's like the macho. I like guns and wrestling and shit. And he's like, oh, Tom, did you ever hunt or play sports? And he's like, no, I was an Eagle Scout, you know. And then so like they find a snowplow when they're out looking for Beth. And it's like, oh, man, the poor guy flew through the windshield. And, you know, because he stresses, uh, Tom stresses how he learned, like, survival techniques and observational techniques. He's like, nah, it looks like he was ripped out because the glass is smashed in from the outside. And you're like, ooh, Eagle Scout. <laughs> Eagle Scout But Tom. I think it's it's so funny, though, when we do have that interaction during dinner about the Eagle Scouts that Howard does see as, like, I guess kind of like a – Let's be honest, like a sissy type of thing. My first thought was like, no, Eagle Scouts are fucking like, no, Eagle Scouts are awesome. Like they know yeah, how man. to survive. Like that's they actually can, like really good skills. They can build <laughs> fires and carve things out of sticks. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that's like, I think one problem I had with it. Because I know they're trying to do like the, the juxtaposition. He's like, oh, the macho man and like the less macho guy. But like being an Eagle Scout to me is like, okay, is it the army? Is he a Marine? No, but I think it's like, no, it's like. Yeah, like that's those are viable skills that are like yeah, pretty macho, be like being if able I, to build a fire and doing that kind of shit. If I had to be stuck in the wilderness with someone, I would rather the fucking Eagle Scout than the varsity jock. <laughs> Any day. <laughs> I would want to doing anything, not even just like stuck in the wilderness, literally just like a trip to Ikea. I want the Eagle Scout. Like Eagle Scout is on my team. <laughs> They're very observant, you know? Um <laughs> So, yeah, so as they're out looking for um, Beth, um, they get attacked by a goat-like creature. It's Krampus. Of course, it's Krampus. He's been waiting for them this whole time. I'm just going to say Krampus. I know. I, I I love it so much. <laughs> oh, Krampus is outside. and um, But they hear Beth screaming, too, which is like, this is fucked up. Because, like, you hear Beth screaming, but then Howard is getting attacked. And it's like he has to, like, help Howard. But I was like, oh, man, do you like Howard that much? I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, so, they, yeah, they because they, they go into a house. They're like, oh, shit, what's oh, going yeah. on? The boyfriend's and, house, isn't it? Yeah, they go into the boyfriend's yeah. house. And then it's like nothing's there. They actually kind of like a nice little foreshadowing thing that they see uh, a gingerbread man like pinned to the wall with a knife. And you're just like, oh, that's weird. And... Mm -hmm. Um, so then they see that the, the chimney was blown open. They're like, these are goat hooves down here. And then they hear Beth. They run outside. And that's when we can't see it, but something's dragging Howard under the snow because there's like feet of snow on the ground. And then yeah. finally, fucking Eagle Scout Tom just like starts shooting rounds in the snow. <laughs> and he got him. The thing sneaks away and he gets an injured howard back to the house yeah and thankfully because of that eagle scout training is able to very adeptly like take care of his wounds and like see look at that yeah. eagle scout stand up gang 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 um <laughs> but they're like okay we need to like they they kind of debate what to do because obviously sarah's like 
we need to go back out. Like my daughter's out there, you know, she's freaking out as a mother would, but they're like, we can't go out there. And they're trying to hide it from the kids. They tell the kids to leave. Um, Omi sticks around because he's like, mom, don't stay here. And Omi's like, no. And I'm like, Omi, speak up. You clearly know what's going on. I need you to open your mouth right in this moment. So it doesn't say anything. Yeah, um, she leaves and she all she says is, keep the fire going. <laughs> and which, like, you know, in... To the untrained eye, <laughs> just sounds like an old woman saying to keep the fire lit with no meaning behind it. Yeah, which like, yeah. Do they ever say this? But it's basically the implication that like, well, size is from keeping warm, but also like he can't come down the chimney if the fire is going because he will. Yeah, be more, right. Yeah, that it's was warding impo- off Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I'm being so annoying this episode. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but um, yeah. So they're they're talking about what happened without the kids, but the kids hear it. You know, um, I love this scene because then um, Aunt uh, Dorothy is that her name? She's like showing them how to make peach knob. She's just like making like a cocktail. yeah. She's like a cocktail tutorial in the kitchen with the children, which is just yeah. like a little she's bit wonderful. of a little bit of sweet. A little bit of spice makes everything nice. <laughs> the aunt we she's all like need. In a full blackout this whole movie. Like, <laughs> she's she's still not <laughs> convinced that anything happened. Exactly. <laughs> um, but um they all overhear this and they're like, okay, and like what is actually happened? Finally happening. Um is this No, well, only this still is, doesn't tell us what happened. No, happens because yet. they she, we get the little thing when they go into the kitchen and she's like, keep the fire warm. And then Howard and Tom are finally getting along and he, Tom's like, I'm going to stay up and keep watch, you know, for the first round because they've decided to board up everything. They have to stay in the mm-hmm. house. And then when the storm goes down, which obviously it wouldn't, then they'll go look for Beth. And then Howard's right. like, no, I'll take the first watch. You go get some sleep. And then he fucking passes out falls asleep and the fire goes right. out which you know if omi made a point to say that the fire is imperative <laughs> yes yeah. and that's this is her problem because i almost i almost skipped ahead to be like oh yeah and omi tells us like, no she doesn't because then another child goes missing before she fi- i'm like omi and omi well, and this wake time, up omi this, it's it's howie jr and he goes in the derpiest way like only only a derp kid would somehow be woken up from a deep slumber that no one else you know so this people are going missing it's traumatic like shit's happening i feel like it'd be hard to sleep so if you somehow manage to fall asleep it'd be very easy to get woken up from that sleep no Mm -hmm. this gingerbread man wrapped in chains (laughs) comes down the chimney (laughs) and starts jingling itself (laughs) And this and Howie Jr. wakes up and he's like, "Guess I'll eat it." <laughs> and he goes yeah, and takes like, a bite. And he's out. old enough to to not think to to think that's weird. He's not like a, like a four year old. He's like ten. It's like yeah, and Howie, takes, come on. Yeah, he takes a bite of this cookie, and then it comes to life to scream because its head was like taken a chunk out of, and then he just takes. But the it chains. should have known because it basically was doing a suicide mission. Yeah, it, it, it was well aware. But, you know, like, wraps chains around Howie Jr. and pulls him up. 
And then uh, Sarah like gets a hold of him, and they all you, ev- now everyone wakes up. Everyone wakes up, and she's getting kind of sucked out the, the chimney too as the they're chimney. doing that. And um, someone knocks over uh, the log that still has some embers, gets knocked yeah. out, and the Christmas tree and the presents all go up in flames. Which I gotta say, as someone who saw hereditary and was very scarred by it the scene looked a lot like what tony collette would be doing in a few years which is being in the living room covered in soot while things just go on fire in her living room and everyone's screaming (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i love the thing too right because the gingerbread man before she gets like before howie jr gets pulled up and everyone else just falls into the living room just this gingerbread man comes down the chains and screams in her face and she's just like uh what i see <laughs> like, I, don't I mean very traumatized by it because yeah. even Im- immediately after it, she just kind of like shell shocked like what the fuck just happened but how he's gone and it's it's very sad i mean the, again we care about these people i mean we don't know how he didn't talk but the parents reaction to it tells us like they cared about their son even though he was a little uh, right. a little dud but this <laughs> is this is when omi finally comes clean <sighs> which Fucking omi you know finally like fucking come to wake and she's like oh two children gone in english in english too (laughs) i do (laughs) i love aunt dorothy is like oh english like oh she speaks english apparently (laughs) i know like this movie it's like comedic in the sense that it's those nice little quips it's not Mm -hmm. like slapstick like ha 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 yeah it's not a i think it i think it it really is a christmas themed horror first comedy and i think it's such a good balance because it could have gone the over-the-top silliness of it and i think it's genuinely kind of spooky but like has little moments like little breather moments where you can like laugh and like when aunt dorothy's like oh okay english and it's like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) we get the nice animated backstory of that was really cool i love the animation yeah it was very um like deathly hollows that kind of like cool like fairy tale thing i thought i loved it it was really nice Right, and we get the backstory of how the same thing happened to her in her village, how everyone had lost hope except for her, but then finally she had the breaking Post-war point. Post-war Germany. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone in her, they say village, right? But like everyone in her village had lost the Christmas spirit, and then finally she did. And then Krampus, you know, he comes, like St. Nicholas gives a Krampus, how do you say it? Krampus. I where I'm, Where I come from? It's Krampus. Yeah, Maryland. <laughs> um, but so he kind of is like he he takes he punishes you for losing Christmas spirit. And I like you know how they amped up the legend that he also drags everyone to hell. <laughs> like he doesn't just fuck you up and punish you, drags you mm-hmm. to hell. But spared yeah. her and gave her a little ornament bobble as a reminder to show what happens when you lose christmas spirit i feel like if she would have told them you're right okay you're right but i don't think she's a villain so much as she's neglectful she it's that trope of your life could have been better if i just like talked about my trauma head on Uh, yeah i guess like you're being an adult about it i'm not she only (laughs) only you this shit happened to you you were like a child and you've been walking around your whole like she's first off math doesn't really work out either because she's like it's post-war germany so late 40s and i'm like omi how old are you adam scott how old are you like <laughs> that shouldn't be your grandmother it shouldn't be your mom but okay i'll i'll let that go but <laughs> the point is omi's been walking around in this, this in god's green earth 
for decades with this knowledge and doesn't tell presumably her husband she's with, doesn't tell her son, Tom, about what happened. Like not just what happened to my family and how traumatic, but literally if we lose the Christmas spirit, Krampus <laughs> will come back <laughs> and he will fuck our shit Krampus, up, y'all. did you like, hear me? Tommy, Krampus, Krampus. Krampus. <laughs> Do you hear Krampus. me, Tommy? Krampus. <laughs> Tom, Tom, do you understand? Like, Krampus, come. Krampus, take away. <laughs> Krampus, take. The Lord giveth the Krampus, take. Krampus, take away. Like, yeah, that should have been her whole, like, her whole vibe, her whole, like, theme of life should have been, like, I do Christmas also like- every year, we're going to be hype. Like, we're playing Christmas music all day. Like, we, like, as soon as December 1st hits, house decorated everything is like christmas <laughs> because grandpa's will come for us but she I do, didn't do it i do like how they kind of throw that in too because you know once it's at it's well after fuckery had started but not close to this point like maybe midway and max is like what's going on omi's been acting weird just staring at the fire and tom <laughs> goes well she's always been weird around christmas why she never said never wanted to talk about it <laughs> I'm sorry if the, if my mom like in her old age knew this this whole time I'd be this is you know what actually no he would come for us because it wouldn't bring bondas I would flip my shit to be like wait so you've been sitting on this information our whole lives you didn't say anything and now my kid has been stolen and you're like oh yeah I remember now um back when I was in Dresden like what <laughs> <laughs> that's also a hell of a city to have just pulled out of your your head but um, well, I, I, the bombing of dress. It was raised, and uh, it was a whole. So I remember that one. But anyway. I do, I do also dig right that, like a whole like village, or in this case, a whole family. Everyone can lose their shit and be awful, but it's on the back of just one person to shoulder <laughs> this burden. And if they finally had it, it's like, well, it's it's kind of like. There's this episode in Family Guy because you uh I don't know if you watch it but like Meg is the punching bag of the family and then yeah. she just mm-hmm. finally goes out it's like Lois you're a horrible mom Dad you're a fucking drunk and Chris you're literally the worst fucking brother it's like you guys all pick on me because it just allows you to be the worst like version of yourself and then the whole family just has a fucking meltdown of how they're the worst people in the world and blah 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 and she's like wow for this family to even remotely function i have to be the punching bag or else they can't do it so she's like guys i was just kidding you're the best and i'm a piece of shit but that's uh, that made me think about like this like <laughs> <So> max <laughs> you know i'm like shit max I'm so sorry that you had to hold on to that Christmas joy, but you fucked up. Yeah. And like, they, oh, because like, Omi, Omi passed that on to you. Instead of like doing the responsible adult thing, which is a pass it to the other adults, she's like, no, let me just tell this child. I won't tell him what happened to me, but just be like, oh, Max, you must love Christmas. I won't tell you why. Just do it. And then we have to like, now this awful thing happens and now he has to live for all eternity with the guilt that he damned yeah. his family when he did it like he's just a child <laughs> you think yeah you think she would have just unnecessary been like yo be super happy it's december it's like why omi just do it i swear to fucking god just do it <laughs> oh gosh and, and now i think about it this is, actually this movie does have a very cynical it's very cynical really like it's yeah, <laughs> but it's the wonderful. Um, but yeah, she she explains the story, and their family they're still kind of skeptical about it. But 
Sarah's definitely, I think, is 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 bought over pretty soon because she also saw that gingerbread man thing. So I think she's like, I don't know, something is definitely not normal. But also, like the kid got sucked through a chimney. So I don't know how. You, yeah, like, you know. Like that's well, like not normal. Yeah. Howard's not buying it, and then it's just kind of like this fairy tale bullshit, and it's kind of like, and she's just cl- still not speaking. Sarah in the back, like, oh fuck, how do I, I don't know how to break to this that a cookie stole his child. <laughs> <laughs> a cookie stole your child. <laughs> God, it's like hashtag save the children. Gingerbread <laughs> men trafficking kids. <laughs> Save the children, feed the children, all one one stop shop. It's all contra- big controversy. A fucking uh, conspiracy. Oh my god. Uh, okay, so they are like, okay, still pretty skeptical, but earlier on, we had gotten the DHL guy. He had dropped off a big bag of presents that they were like, we don't know where these came from. They just like brought him in the house. You know, well, actually, no, he didn't drop it off. He, they thought he, he dropped off he was a like, cheese tray or some shit. And he was like, oh, yeah. Go. He was like, oh, yeah, no, this was out here. Like, it must have been like the FedEx people or whatever. So they're like, oh, okay. And they just bring it inside. So they've had this, this, this bag of goodies just in the house this whole time. Yeah. Well, they do they throw them in the attic or they put them upstairs because Linda was going to rewrap them because they had started on fire. And yes, then... because they're the stuff that had caught on fire, but they didn't. They weren't totally destroyed, so they put them. Right. Yeah, they put them upstairs. Mm-hmm. And we had we had earlier gotten, like we had heard before the, excuse me, before the fire went out, or maybe after, it doesn't matter. But they heard things upstairs, and they're like squirrels, and then like clearly like <laughs> footsteps. They're like, see squirrels, and then Big we get <laughs> we get a, a shot of the presents all shaking, and then the the sisters. Uh, mm-hmm. Stevie and Jordan, they they go upstairs because one of them needs to use the bathroom, and the bottom, <laughs> the downstairs one's clogged from Aunt Dorothy. So, but then we start hearing Howie's voice, clearly not him, and they're like, "What are you doing?" It's like, "Come up here!" I like, "I found these things," and they go up mm-hmm. in the attic, and then we start, then they just start fucking screaming as one does when things mm-hmm. happen off camera, and that's when uh the Families split, so Howard goes with his shotgun into the kitchen because he hears some shit, and then Linda, Sarah, it's just those two, right? Or is there... No, does Dorothy grow up? No, it's Linda uh, and Tom and Sarah. They go upstairs mm-hmm. to handle whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get... I love this... We, we see this jack-in-the-box that gets just larger and larger and we get this fucking demon jack in the box where it's relatively normal. It's huge, but its mouth has like a predator jaw. And yes. It's eating one that of them. That thing was scary. Yeah. That it thing was, was terrifying. S- <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean like old tiny toys nowadays, <laughs> it doesn't matter what they are. They're they're terrifying. <laughs> and Oh, they're so weird. They're always they have it's like a fucking uncanny valley like vibe to them and then you you ramp this up with them being supernatural like tr- actively trying to eat you Dude. like yeah not i had cute. a my my ex-girlfriend whenever we would like visit their hometown we would stay at her grandma's nice not very mm-hmm. nice people but she was her grandma's very into like collectible antique toys so like each room Ew. had a theme and most of them involved dolls i mean like antique no. dolls oh i mean i 
I'm not shitting you, man. I was I had to sleep with the door cracked open just a bit so the light would come in from the hall because it just like t- ten to fifteen dolls in any room staring at me. That's not okay. No, dude, it was terrifying. I don't get doll people. Like I, I grew up obviously like playing with like Barbies and stuff. I did have a few porcelain dolls. My mom got me. I didn't want them. I don't know why I, she got them for me. I, I thought I was afraid of them. Um, I think because so my sister wanted me to be like a little girly girl and I wasn't that girly I played Barbies but I wasn't like that girly but like she was I (laughs) she was like really into I think the idea of me like having that kind of I don't know it was weird but like I got a few like porcelain dolls for my mom and I hated them I would have nightmares about them all the time because they just were they were creepy you know Barbies aren't creepy Barbies are career girls and they're cute but porcelain, porcelain dolls are porcelain just dolls. my porcelain doll was just dressed like she was in 1904 and staring at me i didn't like it probably racist too i didn't like her and there were several i didn't i really wanted to break them all like I well, dude, well all of these toys are similar we this scene was really cool because we got like this is i think the most monstrous things we got face up because we so we had the jack-in-the-box and then we mm-hmm. had the gingerbread men that were attacking Howard in the kitchen that somehow got their hands on a nail gun. So that was that was comedic yeah. and silly. And then it was juxtaposed <laughs> was with like the terrifying things attacking up in the attic. And there's like that fucking angel and also just the trope of things having long wiggly tongues and whenever they attack you they just that's their go-to thing is to just lick you until they can bite but i do love (laughs) adam scott tom but adam scott he's just like just randomly he's like bear and they're like what (laughs) bear and this fucking stuffed bear comes running at linda and starts biting her and every time she punches it it squeaks <laughs> it's that this is where like I I think like they really went off with the comedy which was good because up to this point we didn't really have too too much of it so it was nice to get like this fun climax but it wasn't like <laughs> they had a chance to be over the top but it wasn't the whole movie that was uh, genuinely just like a lot of shit happening and Adam but they Scott, decided like, they're gonna everything... like sorry it's just like uh, mm, Adam just again an Adam Scott character thing is just like every time when he saw the Jack in the Box he's like. He wasn't like, oh, fuck, like, that's terrifying. He was like, oh, come on, really? And then every time a new monster would come up, like a toy, he's like, oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) He's such a wonderful, like, straight man. (laughs) He's so good at it. It's just, like, very relatable, just like, "Eh, yeah, I like this guy. Like, I am this man. He's very funny. I'd let him Um, kiss my forehead. Of course. (laughs) God, I can't, can't wait. One day, um, so <laughs> they, they, Tom decides specifically. Okay, they're gonna like flee to that abandoned snow, abandoned snowplow they had seen earlier, and they didn't get the fuck out. So they're all like getting ready, like we need to get out of this house, like we need to just get away. And I, they had talked about it earlier too that they had planned. Well, until they realized that the the truck was destroyed, um, Howard's truck. Like we just need to just yeah. drive and drive until we're just not here because it's everywhere, right? Uh, but Omi sacrifices herself, and she's, I guess, <laughs> stay by the fireplace, keep that fire going, <laughs> to sacrifice well, herself to Krampus. Um, but well, because the elves too. come in, right? The, el- they, the yes. elves bust in with, like, the tenacity of the Chicago Police Department. And they really do. <laughs> truly. Which was like, yeah, ugh. 
But uh, was it when she's that when they bust in and she's like elves and she's like very just like we well, yeah they're just they're like, here what could happen yeah what yeah and she's just like elves and then they bust in and I like it also kind of to show that they'll just they're just fucking with you where like Krampus couldn't come in because he has to enter through a chimney I guess but the fire yeah, like but the elves one, like, the elves just fucking bust in and yeah. I mean, like, he also has like all these helpers, like the toy, everything. Right? He's a enough, like he's an army. He's outsourced, like you know. He's he's yeah. Y- you don't like successful people get other people to work for them, and he's yeah. Successful. He's executive level, like he doesn't yeah. have to do all that. Like he's yeah. really there to like show up for the yearly meeting and like really right. razzle dazz. But like the rest of his little like his little minions, they're doing the real work. Well, the toys were like kind of fucking up and getting killed. Aunt Dorothy just like shotgunned him hard in the head, like each one. <laughs> but so the elves came in as you know middle management. Like we gotta we gotta clean this up before the big guy yeah. comes. But then the yeah, big guy I feel bad for the to toys. Come. You like I really hope the toys unionize one of these days. <laughs> I've heard that their their work conditions are really terrible, as we saw. <laughs> right, but then yes. we, like you were Sorry, saying, though. we this is when they douse out the fire so Krampus can come, mm-hmm. and then the elves fucking leave out the window and that's when omi's like i will stay here i feel obligated as i fucked up the last 40 years <laughs> not saying anything but i'll stay here and then the family books it i just can't get over that omi lived through the cold war the beatles disco the reagan years um fucking the crack epidemic um, the internet knowing all this information and just didn't say anything. To yeah, yeah. Why wasn't Omi on Reddit pushing out these th- like letting people know? You're saying all these things, and I just pictured like Omi. Omi is like discussing the Cold War. It's like, oh, like how's this? Uh, how you feel about President's handling of this thing? And it's just like I have nothing I want to say about Krampus. And they're like, what? <laughs> nothing. And yeah. then or like I- she finds out like JFK's been shot, and she's just like. She like she I don't know, it's not even that she mentions Krampus, it's that she like notices like these major events are happening, but like in the back of her mind she's also like Krampus will come and take yeah, away. You know, she's, like, what? she's on the dance floor like in the seventies, like, yo, do you love the Bee Gees? I love Christmas. And then, <laughs> and then you know, she's like doing fucking crack in the back alley in the eighties. It's like, yo, uh you wanna do some more? It's like as long as it's Christmas. <laughs> They're like, what? It can be whatever you want it to be, Omi. And she's always been Omi to like all of her friends. To everyone. Like, <laughs> she literally has been called Granny her whole life. <laughs> I'm 23. <laughs> okay, Omi. Shut up, Omi. <laughs> and do a line with us. Um, so. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but on their, while they're escaping, they do get attacked once more. And Tom, Sarah, and Aunt, oh no, and Linda, not Aunt Dorothy, are dragged under the snow. I also just love the aspect of them just being dragged under the snow. Right? Something about that is just so like weird, but really like creepy. Like it's just, it's really strange. Like it's, I've never seen that. Well, it's like in a things, movie things pop out of snow, but you're not used, like you said, like things don't, things get dragged across the snow. Things get, yes. dra- you know, over it, but no one, like, it's never like, oh, shit, you are under it. We don't want you to see our dirty work. Yeah. Can't go under it. Over it. <laughs> must go under it. <laughs> Drag you to hell. <laughs> there. Are- <laughs> Going on a bear hunt. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> they get dragged in the snow. 
Um, and Stevie also gets captured by the elves. Um, so we're at this, like, you know, this, this moment where it's really much just, it's, it's Max and Stevie are like the last, these two. They're the final girls. The final girls. <laughs> and Krampus, uh, confronts Max and, uh, Max gives him, this part was fucked up. So like, <laughs> Max is like crying, gives him like the bobble. Like you think it does the thing where you think it's going to happen. Like, oh, all he has to do is apologize and just be like, I'm sorry. Like I, you know, say my family and Krampus like wipes away a tear with this very long nail that really yeah. unsettled me because it was so close to that little boy's eye. <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> like, he's worried about too. Like, he's like, ah, he's like, by <laughs> an open portal to hell and he's like, I hope he doesn't poke my eye out. <laughs> Last thing I need is to go to hell with one eye. Like, God. Talk about Mondays. Um, so Krampus, like, wipes a tear away. And I was under the impression, like, oh, okay, like, it's going to be reverse or something. And then, like, Krampus Well, we get the his... nice music, too, you know? Everything's yeah, happening. Yeah. So I'm and like, then it... oh, okay, like, maybe. And they all laugh at him. <laughs> and the music turns sour. And, yeah. Well, because he does the selfless thing Which means saying, they're laughing at me. Yeah. Well, you know, so Sonique hands back the bobble. Sonique is Max. And... He's like, Sonic says, take me instead. But then they laugh and they throw both of them down. <laughs> like into fucking hell. <laughs> into hell. And then, and then, holy shit. Max wakes up rolling over the side of the bed. As one yes. does. After you've tumbled I through. And <laughs> I didn't buy this one minute because I was like, no, there's a haze. There's, this is not. Right. Yeah, this is not this is not a dream. It wasn't all a dream. There's some shit going down. Like I don't. I, this feels weird. But he wakes up and it's Christmas morning. It's snowing out, and he goes downstairs. And his family's all downstairs, like opening. Pre- they're about to open presents, and they're like, "We've been waiting for you." Like, oh my god, like da da da, just you know, whatever. But that fucking lighting and the haze of it all. I'm like, nope, right? Mm-mm. Well, yeah, nope. Everything's happy. They're all <laughs> opening presents, and then Max gets like this last one and opens it up, and it's. The fucking ornament bobble from Krampus, and but even before that, Omi knew because Omi looks at him again. I'm like, Omi, say something. Yeah. Come on, well, you didn't learn anything. You're just looking at him like, I know the truth. Where well, we but, actually are. But everyone like, looks at off. him, and they're like, yeah. we remember. It wasn't just a dream. And yeah. then you know it zooms out, and they're in a snow globe in Krampus's lair, surrounded by all these other snow globes, and then we get. All of his demon toy helpers at the end doing a jump scare, which of course made me think of you. <laughs> now, no, I knew it was coming. I was like, "It's nah, yeah. there's gonna be a jump scare." I just know it. So, but, um, that's yeah. that's it. But I I wanted to ask because when I watched this, and I because I watched this with a friend, and we were talking about it, like when I first saw it a couple of years ago, and so how did you interpret it? Like that that's his fucking eternal hell is living in this happy day. But like that happy morning over and over, or like the other thing that people say is that it's that's his that's real life. Everything is back to normal. But the bobble is to remind you that he will come to fucking fuck you up if you mess up again. And the mm. snow globes are just his way to watch all of the families. Ooh, interesting. So I definitely didn't I didn't think about it that deeply. Unfortunately, but now that you 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 say it, huh. right? Like it's possible because, like you were saying, it it was shot hazy with like that little filter at the end, so it could mm-hmm. be just like you know 
fuck, you, this is your family's damnation is being stuck together for all eternity. Or everything's fine, you go on with your life, but once it's December 1st, you don't pull an Omi. <laughs> you know, I think, um, I like the latter that you mentioned, the idea that like, no, they are safe and that this is just a reminder. But I can't, um, oh, but yeah, he's watching, he's watching them. But see, my my interpretation when I first watched it, before thinking about it the way, like, now you've introduced that, so let's try to remove that. Um, I saw it as like, oh, those are just like, all of the families he's captured. Because remember, like, this happens in yeah. the whole town. Everyone goes disappeared. So it's like, it's, it's not just um, the Engel family. It's like... Yeah. everybody in the town is gone so i initially saw it as like oh these are all the people that he collected but it's int- but it's it's odd though because if it, if he's being pulled down to hell and then hell is that he spends christmas with his family all the time i guess that could also be like it's almost like um i don't know how to phrase it um his it's not so much that he's punishing you by making you stay with your family for all eternity, but because you took your family for granted, now you must be with them. You have, you have to be with them always. So it's like, it's, it's not really, it's punishment because like you're, you're now celebrating Christmas every day, which sounds terrible, but also like, Fuck, I don't know now. I don't know. Right, uh, it's interesting, God, they, right? Like, does that make does that I don't know if that makes sense, right? Like if that it's like almost like it's a it's a it's a punishment, but like not really. Well maybe his is better because way. he like tried to make amends. So maybe like people in the other snow globes, like they're in actual like like maybe their houses are torturous or something, but his is just like Krampus is like, Oh, you you tried to not be a piece of shit at the end, so you at least get eternal Christmas, which will then wear on you and become mm. hell. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so I don't fucking thoughts. know. That's that's something I have to sit on. But then again, like the latter explanation is interesting and I like it, but I think why it doesn't work for me is because it's just the feeling of that moment didn't feel like it was real. It didn't feel like they were in re- in their normal world again but just having learned their lessons it felt like they were literally someplace different yes and that's why um, i think they're in hell but what that, does that hell mean if it's that if it's just them being together for christmas that's more forever. of also what i did lean towards and still do i just thought it was a very interesting point it totally is it is it's it's very interesting because it the ending is kind of ambiguous because even though, like we it's it's clear that this all happened, it's not totally clear if, like, w- what is, what were the consequences? But I, I think it's hell. I think it's hell. Oh, shit. Did you hear that? You know what that sound means? It means, what, what would this movie be like if it train? was black? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. No. <laughs> Uh, this movie was black. Maybe celebrating Kwanzaa. Yeah, movie didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So how I'm do just you kidding. Think I don't know anyone know... who actually celebrates Kwanzaa. Yeah, I only know one person. Um, really? Yeah, 
We uh, <laughs> did a gig together. She actually, if you are, you don't even have to be in Chicago because they ship. Uh, if you want to, if you have fucking idiot friends that are having children, <laughs> uh, buy those baby gifts at Kiddo uh, in Chicago. It's a black owned business and the couple that runs it are so amazing. She is a dancer. I That's how I worked with her in a dancer and a mm. singer capacity. She's very talented. Support black owned businesses. Shop Kiddo. That's like our first <laughs> nice. legitimate plug. Yeah, they don't give us money. They're just you yeah. Know, I I'll like take, I wish I had known about them before because I actually just bought a a baby shower gift for oh, someone. Man, yeah, buy buy mm. from them. They're dope. Kiddo, it's either k i d o dot com or k i d d o dot com. I will not. <laughs> you all have Google. Look it up. Kiddo Chicago. <laughs> But um, she celebrates Kwanzaa. But that was the tie-in to that. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Wood does Krampus. If you didn't celebrate Christmas, so he only attacks Christians then. Realist, or like people that celebrate. <laughs> or people who celebrate Christmas. Yeah, I would think. It's, I think I, honestly, I feel like <laughs> Krampus is really just... Um, the department of you know family services and that he just wants to see families together he just want to keep he wants to keep families together and i don't think that's a bad thing <laughs> I was but saying- no and, but but real talk though i think that um if it was a black movie this is one of the ones where i think that my only issues you wouldn't have um Beth wouldn't have been able to go to her bro- her boyfriend's house. I think a black mom would be like, absolutely not. It's a blizzard. Keep your little ass, your little fast ass inside. You don't go see no boy in those snowstorms. <laughs> First off. But I think a lot of it would have been very similar, except for minor character details. I don't think the character Howard would have really existed in the same way. Because I don't think that you see that true. I mean, like, yeah, they're like hyper-masculine black men, yes. But kind of like your gun-toting like kind of guy. Like that's not really a, like a... I mean, those people exist, but, like, it's not, like, a character that you mm-hmm. see, you know? Do you so, think... Cause I almost feel like it'd be inverted. Yeah. I almost feel like the story would be from a more, like, kind of, um, like, regular family that's, like, not not poor. Because I think the implication with Linda and her husband is that, like, they kind of are, like, low income. But I think it'd probably be closer that they're, like, a, a, a middle-class family and maybe, like, the bougie relatives come over. So instead of, like, it, it being about this wealthy family, I think it'd be about, like you're more kind of down-to-earth regular folks and then sarah and her husband and like they're you know there's they're the the cousins that are coming over that are annoying or like oh the rich cousins that are come make us feel bad about our house and about that stuff i think that would be probably a little bit i think more true do you think um i had this on the tip of my tongue and now it's gone i also could have spoken that at full voice don't know why i did that <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> for those uh asmr fans um do you think that the omi character which would just be fucking grandma do you think they would because i feel like my my dad and i mean my my my, my paternal grandmother died before like before i could remember anything but my 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 fucking dad side of the family are like yarn spinners man they they like to tell stories 
So yeah. <laughs> so I feel you know if uh you know my dad was visited by a fucking demon, or like you know a grandparent was visited by a demon, they would tell you that would make the rounds. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know it's like yeah, and you know it's not to say that if they t- you like well because that could still happen. That, you know, you grew up hearing this shit because how many times do you hear something? Your parents are like, don't do this because of this thing, but you still do it anyway, you know? Yeah. So, so it's not that the movie wouldn't happen. It's just that, again, little dumb things. So then they would say that yeah. and, you know, little things would click like, oh, shit, I remember this story from when I was five. Don't make sure there's always a fire, you know? So, like, the fire would always be lit. So they maybe would have held off Krampus a lot longer. Beth, you, mm-hmm. like we said, wouldn't have left. So they would all be close, you know, they would have been on their guard sooner and it would have been more of like a battle movie than a reactionary trying to stay alive movie. Or I think the family could still be very skeptical, but like, like you said, like being yarn spinners, I think it's very common in black culture, like across diaspora, because I grew up with a lot of like folklore and just like little people claiming they saw demons and angels and all kinds like we all like I grew up with that but I don't necessarily believe that so I think it would have been one of those stories of like oh yeah like Omi is like is is you know Mima and Mima always talks about this thing that happened when she you know she would have told us about it like okay Mima like you were you know like a thing that yeah sure that happened like Oh, it's yeah. just like an old folk tale that she tells, yep. and then that, it happens, and then it'd be like, "Oh my bitch god, came it's and real. visited you." We know, we know, Mima, goat bitch. We're we're yeah, watching I out heard, for. Yeah, I heard so many stories like that. That like I always kind of just pushed away as like, okay, it's just like a, it was a story, and then what if it came true? I think it'd be like, oh my god, it'd be like the story that Mima, or maybe even like maybe Mima's not alive in the story. I think it'd be interesting if that was like a story we know about and that's been told by grandma. And then it's kind of like um, more like remi- like you're reminiscing about that story or something. But yeah, I, but I think the point is that the family would be aware of this thing, whether I don't think they would have believed it until it happened. And then now yeah. it's like, oh, okay, that was the story. But yeah. Yeah, they would have just been able, they just would have been better equipped to handle it once they finally started believing it. Mm-hmm. Or it would be, you know, it would be interesting too. Um, I think if it was a black story, and maybe I'm thinking of soul food. <laughs> it's soul food and Krampus like cross section, right? But hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. So like the crux <laughs> of soul food is that <laughs> where it, the, yes. the crux, the crux of soul food is that Big Mama is like the person that holds the family together, right? This family in Chicago, if you've never – listener or Spooky Squad, if you've never seen Soul Food, I highly recommend it. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful movie. But like, um, you know, Big Mama holds the family together through her Sunday dinners and like the holidays and she's like the heart of the family. She gets sick and she dies eventually. And around the same time, the family is kind of falling apart. And I could, it could be an interesting thing to kind of keep the same tension. Let's say there was a, a matriarch figure in this family that kind of binded them with her old tales of whatever, her childhood and stuff, and these kind of like superstitions. But she passes away, and her she her was the absence thing, like, creates keeping them at bay. Maybe keeping them at bay, or even just like she's the thing that was tying them to 
like their culture and to like their those beast old folk tales. She dies, and there's that so that same tension of this family falling apart. And then as Krampus is like attacking them or whatever this creature is, their memory of her is what kind of keep brings them together to fight the force because like what was you know Mima's story about that like that kind of thing of like oh like kind of keeping those stories alive. So I think it still has the same uh the same heart of this movie, but I think its blackness kind of alters it as opposed to just being a story about a past trauma like is the case with Omi I think especially when you consider like black family dynamics and how I think I think we tend to be a little bit more intertwined with one another I think that kind of would make it a little bit of a different a difference you know still the same same story really but it's the heart of it's a little bit different that is I think that's really that's super dope and I truly mean that See, because I know no, because when no, you said fuck you, fuck you, no, fuck you, Andrew, because I said soul food meets Krampus, and you were like, <laughs> and, and okay, you heard I'm that shit, and I, you want to see that shit, you want to watch that lie. shit, don't you? I'm not gonna lie. When you said soul food, I, th- I just thought you physically meant the cuisine. So instead of like gingerbread being hung down a chimney, it was just like a fucking like bucket it's of just like chitlins? something yeah like you know it's like this pan of collard greens is just hanging in the chimney and like fucking jojo wakes up in the middle of the night and he's like oh shit <laughs> like, that is what i fucking thought okay we could throw that in there it could be part of this film that's funny you're just like jojo we told you man remember Mima used to say don't go after the chained collard greens the chains are a symbol no, of oppression. You can't be eating no strange collard greens. <laughs> you can't be eating for anybody. Like, you, you see some collard greens when you eat them. Oh, God. See? <laughs> just a simple misunderstanding. No, it's fine. It's fine. But that was good. See, and this is why, if you're listening and you are a creator of things, why you should hire us. Because look at us. Just, we just, bam. We just wrote that. Yeah. How many I'm movies just, have we written? I, I think we've honestly written 20 movies. I don't know how Netflix has I think we've written a movie for every episode. <laughs> Dude, some more too. I think we, yeah, we've written, if not, every ep- every episode is at least one movie, if not a pilot for something. Look at that. Mm. <laughs> honestly, and it's- still gonna want, they're still going to want to put us through some kind of mentorship program. <laughs> Yo, you guys are really killing it. We'll... <laughs> We notice you guys just hit like one billion streams a day. <laughs> you guys, you guys, Twitters are just like fucking blowing up. Uh, how would you feel about being an intern at fucking Netflix? <laughs> like in a writer's room? Nah, you know, like maybe like getting coffee. The coffee is maybe like social media intern. Like, no. <laughs> it wouldn't even be that lucrative. It's like, no, we just we actually made a new barista intern. So. So you want us to be a barista? Like that's not an internship. That's you want me to work at the coffee shop on the lot. Yeah, but yeah. But like unpaid. <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm glad you, you guys are quick and on board. <laughs> yeah, you're getting it. <laughs> yeah, we just want you to vamp close enough to our execs so so they can get the ideas. <laughs> We're calling you out, that's... Netflix. Hire us. <laughs> We're laughing at that, but that's just real. They really do be doing some whack shit like that. Um. <laughs> Yeah, Krampus. I mean, sorry, Krampus. Oh, no. You lasted so long keeping up that bit, and then you just let I it did. slide. I let it slide. I, you know, you can't You can't do it too much. You can't, you know. <laughs> and she says, after an hour. 
listen, I got to find my fun some way. <laughs> and if it means saying couples with an accent, then it's going to be that. Ugh. Yeah, but no, this movie was so great. I highly, highly recommend it. It was so fun. Um, and it's a good one for, uh, again, for listeners who don't necessarily like love horror movies but like to hear us talk about them. I think this is a good one because it's a little, you know, it's zany and kind of kooky, but it's it's lots of fun. Truly. And a little spooky. A little spooky. Just a, a skosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Loved uh, it. So glad you liked it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like genuinely like it. it's 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 joining my arsenal. Like these are this is like a fun fun horror comedy. <laughs> my arsenal. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm like a I'm Howard. Just have like a shotgun shells but the shells are just horror people that i love people are gonna show up just like shit's going down in the the sneak household it's like yo shit do you have any weapons do you have any ammo you're like yeah check out my ammo opens up a drawer it's just like a ton of dvds and vhs's and they're like this could not be more the opposite of what i wanted to fucking see right now there are zombies and monsters coming at us and you're you're showing me the titanic box set on vhs (laughs) that's not a horror movie but whatever Imagine if all of those of all those drowned victims became zombies. Scary, right? <laughs> and this this trauma will scare them away from this house. Mm-hmm. Because they don't like to think about it either. <laughs> yeah, this is cool. Um, we are closing out tis the tis the terror December next week with Black Christmas. So we're going back a little bit. We're going back to the seventies way darker movie so i think this month has been a nice balance of like fun and then like like real horror yeah we started off with fun gremlins and then shitty silent night (laughs) yeah and then this really good fun movie and then like a a good like a good classic that i think closes this up um next month uh we don't we don't have a full lineup yet i know we're doing like a new year new me yeah something we're a new very year, new original me. New Year, New Me kind of a play on it, maybe. A play on it, but I think, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out here, out there, and tell me if you like this, and list and uh, Spooky Squad, tell me if you like this too, because I think this is your suggestion. You said this of like transformation movies, horror movies where I don't know. I think this is maybe a good time to do like maybe your werewolf, you turn it into something weird, an alien or something, or you're like turning into like an a giant fly. Yeah. I was gonna Ooh. Say. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I think this is a good, it'll be a good month for Cronenberg. <laughs> but yeah, maybe you guys have some suggestions for those. Like hit us up on We I First Pod on Instagram and Twitter, but also where you can find us. I'm say underscore Smythe on Instagram. What are you on Instagram as well, Andrew? I am Andrew John Baldwin. There we go. Hit us up and tell us if you have any suggestions for New Year, New Me. Cause please. No, genuinely, like, please, because yeah. I don't <laughs> only think of so many. And, like, I'd like to hear what people want to hear us talk about. Yeah. And tell us if you would want us to start a Patreon. We can, we'll accept your money. And maybe if enough people give us money, we'll send out T-shirts. Yeah. Um. Listen, tough trying times to, out here. Trying to sell out, you guys. Know, you know, hey, listen, I've I've been podcasting for a while now. I've definitely pivoted in what I think about people 
doing Patreons. I think early on when I was – before I was podcasting, just a listener, I was like, you want my money? Then you realize how much time and work and effort goes into podcasting <laughs> and also like costs. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. It's not – it's not – it's not – you don't have to. We're definitely not going to put anything behind a paywall. But like if you want to shoot us some money, like I won't say no. <laughs> yeah, you know, or again, it's the season of giving. Hit us up on our uh, social media and we will share our Venmo. This is just to be also, a funny bit. it's I'm... a season of taking because I'm Krampus. <laughs> yeah, so so if, you, if you don't give Sonique, if you don't let her, if you don't like give her money, she's going to rob you is what she's trying to say. I will come to your house and I will steal your family and I'll put them in a little snow globe. Yeah, she okay. And she I'll won't watch them. She won't take your money, but she will ruin your family's life. Mm-hmm. I will take you all, and I'll take your stuff too, because you don't need it. Because you don't need it where you're going. <laughs> like. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will chat with you all next week. Peace out, Spooky Squad. Bye bye, Spooky Squad. Stay safe. Stay spooky. Yeah.